today on KMBC 9 Storytellers, a treasure hunt, a 200-year-old mystery submerged in a Missouri cornfield. Okay, I'm just kidding. I'll do it for real this time. Today on KMBC 9 Storytellers, a treasure hunt, a 200-year-old mystery submerged in a Missouri cornfield. I remember coming down and, and wondering, would it be on this field or in that field or maybe even in the river? Gold, furs, priceless ceramics. These are national treasures. It's the story of the Malta, a sunken steamboat, and went down in the Missouri River full of expensive trading goods in the mid-19th century. The river's course changed and that treasure was lost. That's until David Hawley came along. I'm Haley Harrison. It, it's universal that people love a treasure hunting story. And I'm Stephen Albritton. Our reporter William Joy is here to tell us about this discovery two centuries in the making. Holly is no rookie at finding sunken boats full of treasure. Along with his dad Bob and brother Greg, he also found and dug up the Steamboat Arabia in 1988. You can see what's left of that boat and its cargo at the Steamboat Arabia Museum in Kansas City's River Market. But today, we're talking about the Malta. It's yet to be excavated in its namesake town, Malta Bend, Missouri. It's no easy or inexpensive task. It'll take $3 million to make it happen. William, thanks for joining us. I'm happy to be here. What an awesome opportunity. I love long time listener, first time first time guest. <laughs> yes, oh, right. we appreciate that. We do. We're excited that uh, we finally get to tell a treasure hunt story. I was excited to get to tell a treasure hunting story. Just when the the idea came up, I I guess they found it in 2016, so it was like a, a few years, a couple years before my time, and then I was like, oh wow, we got to do something on that. Yeah, so tell us about the person behind all this. David Holly. he seems like kind of a character for this story. So give us a little background on him. Yeah, he is. And I asked him about his background. He said his family was in like the heating and air conditioning business. Wait, and wait, the, wait. Yes. <laughs> you go from heating and air conditioning business to searching for sunken steamboats in Missouri. Yeah, and it started the way you kind of imagined, which was like, I met a guy. Like he just met a dude who like one day, I think it was in that process of like heating and air conditioning. He met a guy who was like, really into steamboats and the guy was like yeah you know like in history it's like the one thing you never really talk about so he starts checking out a couple books and then he's like trying to figure out what kind of metal detectors he would need and you know it's like how a hobby turns into a passion turns into Dave the steamboat guy like it just turns works. into an obsession right turns into an obsession and it's literally the guy's life now and I don't think he could be any happier about it I mean he absolutely you know loves it is he the same guy who discovered the Steamboat Arabia? He is. So, yeah. So, a few years, I guess a decade or so back at this point, he found the Steamboat Arabia, and he found it in a day. Literally like a day of looking. He found, yeah. Yeah. What the kind of luck? Exactly. That's how you know, like, you've picked the right passion. When you find a steamboat, which is now the centerpiece of the Steamboat Museum in, in Kansas City's River Market, in a day, which is awesome. And uh, he he's found a few other boats since then. So, this was not, the Malta was not his second find, but he decided, you know, this was one to kind of you know put in the belt. Okay, deep, deep, deep into the background of yeah. this story. Why are all these boats in farm fields all over Missouri? Right, so a long time ago, and I asked him this, he said, so a long time ago, Missouri had really awful roads, and you could make the argument that maybe not much has changed. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> okay. hot takes coming in. Yeah, that's a podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, but they, they had awesome rivers, obviously the Missouri River and a bunch of other canals and whatnot. And so boats, this was like the main way to go, you know, obviously from one side of the state to the other was the river. And it's estimated that like 300 to 400 boats. Yeah. 
Yes, 300 to 400 boats are buried somewhere along the Missouri River because they sunk. And 75% of the time, and this was a stat that I thought was crazy, 75% of the time, time it was a tree snag, which is literally just there was a branch or a tree in the river that had fallen over and was just stuck in the river, and the boat hits the tree and just sinks. And I was like, that's it? And he's like, yeah, just hits a tree branch and dunzo. No iceberg. Right, yeah. I thought it was going to be something crazy, like, a you know, an anomaly scenario where, like, a tree happens to be, like, doing something crazy. No, just a tree in the river hits the boat, and you're like, all right, we're done. And so nobody died in this situation with the, the Malta. Nobody died. They just sat on the river waiting for a couple of days to get picked up. But the boat, apparently in the newspaper, and this was the great quote I had to pull up, no boat ever went to the bottom of the river so quickly, was what they <laughs> wrote in the newspaper. So apparently this thing just tanked as soon as it hit the, as soon as it hit this tree snag. But yeah, there's hundreds of boats and this was one that he you know set his eye on and, and wanted to find and took him more than a year so Arabia a day Malta more than a year uh he finally found it and, and what's the size of this this boat the wooden boat right yeah I don't know the exact dimensions uh, okay actually I do I have them right here hold on <laughs> 140 feet long 22 feet across so yeah pretty long boat from oh. our drone and if you if you watch the video which I encourage anyone listening to watch well, our story yeah, online we'll post yeah, it yeah. on all of our Facebook pages awesome so. yeah so you can see from the drone the outline of where this boat is now it used to be just in the cornfields now now the guy, Jim Backus, the, the property owner who, who whose land this boat was discovered on, has just planted, it's kind of funny, has just planted around the boat. So it's just cornrows and the rows just stop. And there's this clear outline of a boat where they think basically the rough outline of where the boat is. Mm-hmm. So with the Malta, the steamboat was found a couple years back. Why did he target this particular boat to, to try and find? Right. So the Arabia was cool because it had a lot of belongings for settlers. This was gear that was going to supplies that was headed to settlers. Well, the Malta was reportedly loaded down with trading goods. So the Choteau family, who mm-hmm. founded St. Louis. Found uh, in Kansas City. In Kansas City, yeah. They had this awesome major fur trade, and they would ship goods off to Native Americans, and in return, they would get furs back, and that was like the trade. Mm-hmm. And this one was loaded down with with goods, but they didn't know exactly what was on it. But obviously, in this case, it's less like, here are your shovels or whatnot, and more it's like, hey, here's like gold and like ceramic like bowls and plates. They don't know what exactly what's on it. They didn't even know. I mean, these gold buttons they found came from some company in England. He said, yeah, they had a historian look at this ceramic stuff, and they're like, huh, that's odd. He's, he's basically, he's of the belief that what we will find on this boat or inside, and there's only been one core sample. I know it sounds like there's a lot, but they've only pulled up one core sample. And just from that, he's convinced that what they'll find on that boat will redefine kind of that era of history, just because there's not a ton that we know about it, particularly with the trade, because apparently they kept copious notes, but not exactly what was on the boat other than these goods. And what year? 1841. Oh, and it was headed from, I believe, St. Louis to Council Bluffs, Iowa, was where it was the final, either St. Joe or Council Bluffs, I want to say Council Bluffs, so, was the final destination of the boat, just hit a tree snag in Malta Bend, the only city he said that he's aware of that's named after a steamboat. A legendary steamboat that nobody's known where it was until 2016. Right. So, and I imagine like the people of the town at the time maybe knew, but the river moved and the boat just got, I guess, stuck in the mud and mm. got sunk lower and lower and lower. And it found 
37 feet below ground is how deep this boat is right now, just to put it in perspective. So they, when they brought in the drill, it drills in five foot increments. So they went five feet, nothing, 10, you know, 15, 20, et cetera, all the way down to 37 before they actually hit something. But yeah, the river's moved 1,500 feet from its previous channel. How and why exactly it moves, David Holly could tell you, and I'm sure somebody familiar with that sort of you know field could tell you. I don't know exactly why these why the river is moving, but yeah, it moved quite a bit. So people had ballpark. They knew it was probably this guy's land. They knew it was this town. That's why their you know, name Malta Bend, but nobody knew exactly where. And then took Dave you know a lot of time to find it. So people like Dave Holly go out to farm fields. They what, show up at the farmer's front door, they mm-hmm. knock, hey, I got a metal detector, can I just <laughs> traipse through your, your field for a while? How does that happen? Yeah, basically exactly how you've outlined it. <laughs> um, yeah, he said he just went up to, to Jim's property, Jim Back is the property owner, and said, hey, can I look around? Well, this isn't Jim's first rodeo, because again, town's Malta Bend, everybody knew this boat was there somewhere, a lot of people trying to make a, a quick buck, or maybe not quick buck, but just want to be the guy who found the Malta. And he's like, sure, go on, walk on back there. You know, like, whatever, (laughs) I don't care. Uh, Because he's got 1,500 acres. He's got some room. And, you know, people had told him, well, it's in this federal levee, because, again, right on the river, you're never going to get into it because you can't dig into a levee, Mm -hmm. which, you know. And he's like, all right, no worries. And, you know, people would come, and they'd search. One guy, you know, was convinced it was a mile away. His neighbors, you know, he know everybody in that town. He's like, oh, no, it's on my land. They'll find it there one day. And so there's a little bit of pride. Like, he's a he's a very modest guy, but there was a little bit of pride. That, yeah, it's Malta's on my land. So, you know, David just walked up and down, like, used a GPS, so he didn't, you know, track the same step twice. Used a GPS to track his progress, but ended up walking 300 miles that he logged before he got a strong hit and found the boat, which is crazy to me. A year. Yeah, 300 miles in a year. Wow. And what was that moment like for him? I don't know if you asked him about that, but I mean, after all that work, all I'm sure he went through a few pairs of shoes walking all that way, but what was that moment like for him when he... It, it's been three day? years since then, and he still gets this big old smile on his face when you're asking. He's like, that's as exciting as it gets. I mean, he calls them national treasures, right? He's the Nick Cage, right? You know, that's <laughs> doing the Declaration of Independence, but he gets really fired up. And I'm sure it was incredible for him. Even Jim, who I was saying is a modest guy, gets this big old smile on his face. Like, yeah, we we're all really pleased. And it wasn't. I think they both had their suspicions. They're both like, yeah, the boat's down there, but how well preserved is it? You know, what kind of stuff are you going to find? You know, if it had been furs, like that was the risk is maybe the boat did get there and it's just furs. Well, they would have been in awful shape and it would have been like, all right, well, that's, that was a waste of my time. But no, they find really well preserved gold, this iron hook, which is just an iron hook, but it's like, oh, that's something cool. And this ceramic, which is. If you watch our story, you'll see it. It's like almost not like it's broken, but it's like not dented at all. It's not scratched up. And there's not like you still see the paint, right? You can still see the paints clear as day. It looks like something that just came out of the kiln or something mm-hmm. like that. So it's it's really cool. I think it was that moment when they pulled up the stuff that they were both really excited about. Okay, so now what happens? Because he's found the Malta. It's not that easy. You can't just start digging. Right? No, that's why it's been there for three years. Is first off, it costs. $3 million is roughly what he's ballparked it at to dig this thing up, which I don't know how they estimate that. He's obviously done this a couple times, so he knows, but $3 million is what they're ballparking it at. Now, I asked him, I said, is that the real issue? Is that why we've been waiting? And I think to a certain degree, the answer is yes, but at the same time, his lease is up soon in the Steamboat Museum. He's basically like, if this ship is pretty well preserved, there's no way it's fitting there. Even just the stuff alone 
wouldn't fit in there. I think the question is, all right, where do I put it? And he's now in this process of doing that. That's part of the reason he's had to wait is, first off, I have to raise the money. And even if I raise the money, where do I put it? And right now he doesn't have a place for it. And that's why it's still sitting there. Yeah. When's the lease up on, on the Arabia? 2026. Okay. And there's been talk in Jefferson City to work on a bill to get the museum in Jeff City. Some lawmakers have kind of found a way to put money that would just go towards Jefferson City. Some, you know, people in St. Joe have tried to put it up there. He's even had talk in other states. Talk so about moving it out of the river market. Yeah. yeah. And he's he's perfectly happy with the river market. He he loves the location. They've had a lot of great success there. But I do think he, he says, you know, we need more space. And how affordable that space will become as the river market's changing. You know, if you can keep it there, I think... You know, everybody wants to come to some sort of solution. We didn't, I will, you know, full disclosure, we didn't talk to any city leaders about that because mm-hmm. it was kind of a supplemental part of the story. But sure. that's something certainly moving forward that we're going to have to keep an eye on because, yeah, there's a chance that it could move not just out of our city, but even possibly out of our state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you said the ship was 140 feet by 22 feet? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, like and even, a football field. Exactly. Right. You're so going to you need, need a ton space. of room. And he's got these pretty grandiose designs that he showed us and they make an appearance in this store you can see there's like there's a steamboat on either side and like the centerpiece is the malta and it's got yeah i mean it it looks like a real incredibly large incredibly nice museum and i hope he gets it uh, but obviously that will be a tough tough battle okay so hypothetically they get the money to dig this thing up I'm just curious, do you know who goes in? I mean, would they get some ar- archaeology students and head <laughs> yeah. out there? I don't know. Who no, does that? So, yeah, he he seemed to, like, know, like, they had, like, a crew that he could huh. bring in and they could dig this thing up. And on top of that, like, he told me that they had talked with the History Channel and they wanted to be there for the dig. Yeah, they didn't make it in the story either. But he's, he's talked to a lot of people who have had a lot of interest in this boat just because, again, how historic it is. Nobody knows what's on there, but the sample is just cool in and of itself. Like, who knows if there's, you know, more coins down there, if there's maybe some artifacts that we're not aware of. I mean, I think almost the mystery of not knowing is just as exciting to him and even some of the people in that city as what they've found so far. And for you, as a reporter, somebody who tells all these stories, you talking to a treasure hunter who's found treasure, what's this experience been like for you? It's been incredible. I, again, I kind of went in, like, I read this article, and again, I think it was in a small town paper just about, like, hey, this has been sitting here for a while. And I was like, yes, like, that is a story that we need to do. And so I call up Dave, and you kind of get this vibe from the story, but immediately he just is super passionate. And as reporters, and you guys know, as reporters, when you find somebody who's really passionate about something, those are the stories you want to tell. Those are the people you want to talk to. So learning a ton from him, I feel like a little bit of a steamboat historian on myself now. (laughs) And a little bit Um, of a treasure hunter. Right, a little bit of a treasure hunter. I feel like I need to go buy my metal detector and GPS, start walking fields, like maybe give David some rivalry. No, but it's been really cool going out there, seeing it, being part of that. You know, when they laid out the artifacts, which aren't on display yet in the Steamboat Museum, they're like in a back room, you know, which also sounded cool. But when they laid them all out, like just seeing that, knowing how far back that dated, knowing kind of the story that went along with it, it it really is cool. It's not every day you find a national treasure in your field. No, not exactly. It's been uh, it's been pretty incredible. And for me, for David, for Jim, for everybody involved, it's been it's been pretty remarkable. Well, thanks for sharing the story, William. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. I'm glad I can finally. This is awesome. <laughs> Your inaugural run. Yes, hopefully not the last. <laughs> never, never. Thanks. If you like this podcast, rate and review. A kind review is appreciated and a great way to let others know that we're here. Thanks for listening. <laughs>